Uh, so, uh, I've been working a lot of shifts on level two at the Academy Museum lately, and there's this one spot. I mean, it's really cool because we call it the editing bay, and it features a, one of those big old school editing desks that Thelma Schoonmacher, Schoonmacher, I still don't know how to say her name correctly, but uh, that she used, and it's a whole thing about her, uh, which is really cool. As a, It features her as a significant movie maker and of course she is martin scorsese's longtime editor and so there's a screen in that room that when we sit in the little stool that's there and we have to keep an eye on that editing desk because there's no glass in front of it and people like to touch it and we have to tell them please don't there's buttons on it and stuff i get it and then everybody's always gesturing right over it like to explain to other people how editing used to work uh before we went digital and they just hover right over it and you're like "Eh." so you have to watch make sure they don't touch it uh and but on a screen just past that that you end up staring at for two hours when you're in this spot uh, it shows a bunch of clips from Scorsese films and shows different like editing techniques that are used commonly in his movies. And so it has clips from different films to demonstrate those. And there's one like uh, there's a swish pan, which is, you know, I never think it's like, oh, they do it with the camera. Well, of course they don't in a lot of these. It's done in editing because you shoot all the different shots separately. And so like there's one from bringing out the dead, which I've never seen. I guess that's on my list. And uh, there's one from casino and yeah, it's just like, it's one of these things that we all end up, we sit in the break room and we just quote <laughs> this thing, <laughs> all these clips we watch all over the museum. We quote them. What is that one? It's like uh, uh, the players are looking to beat the house. So the, the dealers are watching the players. The boxmen are watching the dealers. The uh, is it the floormen? The floormen are watching the boxmen. The shift boss bosses are watching the floormen. The pit bosses are watching the shift bosses. <laughs> I probably got that backward. The casino manager is watching the shift bosses. I'm watching the casino manager, and the eye in the sky is watching us all. <laughs> and that's that over and over and over. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. And I always try to, I, well, I always try to insert myself into it. And I'm watching all of you watching that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Casino. Whoa. Yeah, me neither. Me Whoa. neither. Ah. I mean, it's Scorsese. How can you? All right. Well, obviously, it's on your list. My name is Elisa Gonzalez, and I had not seen Casino. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I had not seen Casino. I'm Bethany Brinton, and I have not seen Casino. I am Cheryl Jones, and I have seen Casino. And I'm Joe Myers. I have also seen Casino. And welcome to episode 41 of It's On My List. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, watching this movie, 
uh, it just made me miss Vegas a little bit. I love Vegas. I really do. And I haven't been since 2015. And that's just makes me sad. And right now I wouldn't go to Vegas. So even Vegas though I love fun. it, <laughs> it's just currently, you know, yeah, <laughs> not so much. It made me nostalgic because my uh, my sister lived in Boulder City, which is about 20 miles south of there. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of summers out there and I, I, we lived there for about four years when I was just a baby. But I remember, you know, when they show when, in the opening shot, when they show Vegas and it's just this little tiny light source in the middle of this huge desert. I remember driving into town and that's all you would see. And now yeah. <laughs> it's the whole yeah, valley. Now it's just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, my family has always loved going. So, you know, we went out there a lot even when I was a kid. And yeah, it's been amazing to watch how it's grown just in, you know, a few decades. It's just, yeah, it's a huge town now, just huge. And the and I remember when they started building the really big hotels and my dad was like, oh, this is great because the prices are going to be so cheap because they're never going to be able to no. fill that many rooms. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's still like, I don't understand. <laughs> How did they do it? Well, the older yeah. casinos got cheap. You could stay yes. in those rooms. Mm -hmm. But yeah. then you didn't want to stay in those rooms because the other ones were much nicer. So... <laughs> Speaking of the old rooms, this was filmed, uh, the, the Tangiers Hotel Casino in the movie was the Riviera Hotel Casino, which was uh, dismantled in 2016. Wow. Yeah. Gone, gone, gone. It was not a great place. They had a fun roller coaster for a little while, but, you know, it was about it. I, I never trust a hotel roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I try. I have to try them all. The one in New Hotel York, New York, or like hurts. the the Stratosphere, yeah, the, the Motel roller coaster, like the little Motel. It has the same vibe as like the Motel Water Park, where it's like <laughs> yeah. two kiddie pools and like a, a, a dump bucket <laughs> and like a thing that just shoots water in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I grew up going to those weekly fairs that would hit every single town Ooh, up and down the East Coast. So fun, I rode yeah. all those rides. Oh. I'm feeling good about a hotel in Vegas. I love the roller coaster that you could like pack up onto a 16 wheeler yeah, and take to the next scary. town. Ride a wild mouse. That's not permanent. Yeah. It scares the willy side of me. So this was my choice, uh, which is, this is a film that I hadn't seen, which was uh, something I've been meaning to watch for a while because uh, I do enjoy Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. uh his films and uh i haven't seen all of them but this is this yeah, is i think either. one that a lot of people talk about um and it's, so yeah go on well it's it's kind of a uh book and i guess to goodfellas i think mm -hmm. yeah that's what it felt like yeah and it's definitely i mean the and having de niro and, and pesci together mm-hmm uh, I think is a big draw. Of course, uh, always. For sure. Uh, and Sharon Stone's good too. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, shall I attempt to summarize this film? Please do. Sure. Yes. All right. Uh, it is uh, kind of an epic journey through uh, the eyes of, of De Niro's character. Uh, was he Ace? 
Sam Ace Rothstein. Sam Ace Rothstein, uh, who uh, works for the mafia and has been chosen to run a casino in Vegas. And his interactions with uh, fellow <laughs> mafia member Joe Pesci, uh, Nicky Santoro, and how he meets his uh, future wife, Ginger, played by Sharon Stone. Uh, and it kind of covers the rise and and very sharp fall of all three of these characters uh, for over the course of three hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Three hours covers like a decade. Yeah, it goes from yeah. about, what, like 73 to 83? Uh, 81, like I believe. Yeah. Mm. So, nope, 83. 83? Oh, look at me being yep. wrong. <laughs> it says decade. it right at the beginning. Sorry. They do some fun. They do some fun uh, jumping around in time as well, mm-hmm. uh, and it is it is very much out of order the way that this story is told. Yeah, uh, which I I think I liked, and then I got tired of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, because I thought the way that I was kind of following it was with there's multiple narrators and multiple points of view. To me, it kind of felt like it was like Scorsese or, or even uh, Th- uh, Thelma Schoenmacher, they were trying to do like a three-card Monty. We have oh. three characters. We're changing perspectives constantly. They'll hand it off to each other. As soon as one person yeah. stops talking, the next starts talking, and it's continuing the same story. Yeah. But as that went on, I kind of it kind of lost the energy for me, especially because they didn't like a... Even a low-level mafia guy got to narrate at one point. It was very oh, like, right. Oh. Yes, yeah. He had like uh, five sentences or so yeah. near the end. So I was kind of like, oh, they, they, if they were trying for that, it, it kind of got out of their control, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was. I, I took it that way. So I kind of, I liked that at the beginning, at least. I'll say that much. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I hadn't thought of it as like a. Three card Monty. That's a really interesting take on that. The movie also begins with, um, if you don't know the story, I I don't I didn't know the story at all. Um, and it's based on a a book by Nicholas Pileggi, Casino Love and Honor in Las Vegas. Pileggi. Um, Pileggi. Pileggi. <laughs> uh, excuse me. And. Uh, <laughs> It's the names are changed, and so I think they they have a little bit of leeway with the character details. Yeah, but they do keep certain things intact, uh, which is a, a thing that that we see right at the beginning, where um, De Niro's character gets in a car and the car explodes. Yes, which is kind of um, you know by the Almost time you get exactly to the end, like Goodfellas. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you get to the end, it is this kind of like misleading moment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you spend the whole movie presuming you know what's going to happen when mm. we come back around to this moment, but you don't. I think that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Because a lot of uh, I, I think movies that do that kind of thing, they that is part of a failure of of storytelling, where you have to start at the end because it's so interesting. In this case, it it changes your expectation. You know, yeah. by the time you get to the end, you're almost more satisfied to know that you were tricked. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think when, when you're, when I was watching the movie, I kept seeing all the things um, Nikki was doing, which is Joe Pesci's character. And I'm like, Oh my God, if this guy 
if this guy comes out on top on the end of this movie, <laughs> and it, you know, it was just making me more and more mad. The more, the, oh my god, he is just Joe Pesci being his most peshiest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only this time he's the made man, and he's not the guy messing with the made man. Still, yeah. similar outcomes. Uh, <laughs> but also I think it's interesting that Nicholas Pileggi did write the book and, and the screenplay with Martin Scorsese but since he is the one who wrote Goodfellas the book and screenplay as well which explains why there's such similarity in these very things. similar yeah he's yeah. a guy who yeah. writes these things you know and, and I dig it but yeah very similar see I kind of look at this as Scorsese's Unforgiven Goodfellas came out when I was 15, and it was so very much for me. Oh, The yeah. mafia looked yeah. awesome, even though bad yeah. things happened to those people. It was like, you know, we conquered the Wild West. The mafioso guys were like the new cowboys for me growing up. So I was all in on that movie. Mm-hmm. Then Casino hits in 95. I'm 20 years old. I'm watching this three-hour movie going... Man, can some more cool stuff happen? This is kind of slow and <laughs> yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't as much fun as Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> now I watch it in almost forty six, and I'm like, holy god, this is his Unforgiven. This is a masterpiece, yeah. just like Goodfellas is. So I was all in on this watch. But if you had asked me when it first came out, I'd have been like, yeah, it's all right. Well, that's yeah, that's always kind of been my attitude on it because I hadn't watched it in quite a long time and. Because I had that attitude of it, like, well, it's okay, but it's no good, fellas, you know. And now I agree, rewatching, it's like, oh, okay, this is a whole different movie than what I remembered it being. Because same thing, I went into it looking for another good, fellas, and it's different from that. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. It's just not what we were looking for at the time. Right. I do mm-hmm. think, uh, just to say, the uh, we're comparing it to Goodfellas so much. It is interesting to watch it in uh, 2022 after The Irishman has come out. Where yes, it's kind of yes. like Scorsese has now made, you know, three kind of movies that are, you know, mafia with Joe Pesci. <laughs> like, it's really. Well, and it's I made a note after watching it that he really loves making these full life stories of mobsters, you know, not not just snapshots, but he's and he's getting yeah. he's going further and further and further into that where mm-hmm. he's now at three what three and a half four hours uh, <laughs> where he's really looking at everything so yeah with these same two guys and going a little further with the comparison with goodfellas like that one to me always was the guys that make the biggest risk get the biggest reward and this one was flipped on its head because the whole time we have nikki showing up in the town going i'm robbing everyone i'm taking everyone's money <laughs> And and meanwhile, there's like no no, just, like just chill, chill, chill out. Don't don't do anything. Like they walked mm-hmm. you like a hawk here. This is Vegas. It's a different animal. So making the bold moves in this one is what undoes all of them at the end of it. Right? Yeah, because Sam, from the very start, when they offer him this gig of running a casino, he's like, "Well, I can't. I, I'll never get a gaming license. Like I'll never get a license to do this. I can't, you know, and they're like, no, don't worry about it. We got the whole system and it's all cool. Don't worry. We just change your title. And then it's a whole new, you get put at the bottom of the pile. You'll never get a license, but you can do this while it's being processed basically. So you're fine. You're fine. But he goes through this whole thing, you know, this decade or so 
trying he like he's doing what the mafia wants him to do he's he's in on that but he's trying to do it as much on the up and up as it can be while being illegal you know yeah. <laughs> like he wants it to be this is a a, a respectable casino and no one needs to pay attention to us and you know and this is a good gig and let's well, and he all wants, just he wants uh, everything to be perfect to him right right where he has his specifications right which he wants you know i mean he yeah even with and we haven't really talked about ginger yet uh who he meets and instantly falls in love with and who is chaotic at the very beginning and he falls in love with her in a chaotic moment, you know, where mm. she's been ripping a guy off at the gaming tables and the guy, you know, wants her is like, cause she wants money from him for like, you know, accompanying him, rolling the dice well, all that, you know, and he doesn't, he's like, you've been stealing from me the whole time. So she gets very angry and makes a scene to get out of there. And she's like tossing this guy's uh, chips everywhere. So the whole casino's after it. And he's, here's, this guy running the casino watching this who he should be you know picking her up and escorting her out but he just lets her go because he's like dang i'm in love you know (laughs) (laughs) which is a weird thing right but and then he sets himself up with her like they you know they're an item and then he wants to marry her and she tells him right at the start i'm i'm not that kind this isn't what i want to do and i'm not in love with you that way and he's like well you know, that'll come with time and I'm going to, and here I'm going to give you a bunch of jewelry that's yours to keep forever. You know, even if we separate or anything, like you get this. And she's like, yeah, okay. Cause she's in it for the money. Right. So, uh, it's the, it, the other kind of messed up situation they have is he's like, as long as you give me a child. Yeah. And when they get to their scene at their wedding, their kid is in the wedding because he had to have yeah. the baby first. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he right. had to have that guarantee. Right. It's like, oh, oh, they don't trust each other at all. Right. At all. That and whole then, marriage was just so sad. It is. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> and then he tells her that he wants to, ba- he wants their, he want he demands trust from her. And I'm like, well, that's. These should have started talking about that a long time ago. Because <laughs> right? that's, that's just a bad omen. I love that it started so honestly, though, because I usually this stuff starts where she, she like just straight up lies like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll marry. Oh, my gosh. This is oh, this mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, but she straight up like, I'm not in love with you. I'm just doing this for fun. Uh, I, I care about you a lot, but uh, that's not where I'm at. And he's like, well, you know, we could cut it. We could make it. I'm like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he stepped into that one. Yeah, yeah she yeah. never lied it, to the point mm-hmm. of telling nope. him about James Wood's horrible, yeah. scummy character, Lester Diamond. From yeah. the get-go, like it, it, his downfall with her, at least, was his own because he just didn't yeah. listen. Uh, he refused to take no for an answer. Oh yeah, yeah he, well, he didn't listen it, but she did kind of lie about Lester about like, oh, I'm done with that, and then she wasn't, and then oh, I'm okay, I'm going to make an effort, and then she didn't, and then, you know, she never could. I mean, she was an addict in the end, and she yeah. never could let go of him. Which why? <laughs> I, I, but... <laughs> I think it is like it's really sad because maybe you know a, a film at that time wasn't dealing with this kind of topic, but uh, she 
was definitely groomed. By, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She mentioned that. Uh, oh, or he yeah. said He said, "I when I saw when you, you were fourteen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah. You were this. This poor woman was. Yeah, you know, and he groomed. was a pimp. He's a pimp. And yes. and she worked oh, so for him, bad. and yeah, he she was only fourteen. Yeah, I, no, that stood out to me too. I was like, oh yuck. That's, I also yeah. didn't know that was James Woods until uh, the mustache was off, <laughs> <laughs> and and he was at that point he was kind of speaking more frantically, yeah, because he was on the phone or he he was freaking out. I'm like, oh, there's the there's Hades. I, That's all I can hear. It's very funny because in my mind, I didn't since I had never seen this movie and I had no idea what James Woods was in it. I thought he was going to be a suit. I thought he was going to oh, be a yeah, guy me in a too. suit. Who shows he totally up could have been. Does something, oh, yeah. but right. no, he's like the scumbag. I was <laughs> yeah. like, the perfect casting. Sleazy street folk. Yeah, <laughs> as nice. sleazy as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, he was so gross. Who also was just in it, like he kept leading her on, like she was yeah. being abused on that end too. Like all he wanted from her was money from Sam, basically. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted her to steal everything and, and, you know, they could go away together, whatever. And you know, he was just going to take the money and leave. And that goes back to the grooming, because that is another. What I love about this movie is that they don't say it's based on a true story. They say it's adapted from a true story. Yeah. Because they changed the names of some other things. But that character of Ginger in real life was Jerry McGee. And this guy did find her when she was in high school and a young girl and groomed her to like be a model. And then more than that, beyond so. It's even scummier to know that that did happen to this poor lady in real life. They had yeah. two children together. I, I read that as, mm-hmm. as Oh, really? Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before she even got to Vegas. Wow. Yeah. You. But James Woods was good. He was good in that yeah. role. He was great. <laughs> yeah. oh, I loved him. I loved him uh, uh, going back and forth with the daughter at the end because she just keeps yes. like, making faces at him and he <laughs> wants to like snap so bad but he knows that he can't all those little yes. scenes in the background like in uh, the back yeah when <laughs> they're in the car she's trying to kick him <laughs> and allegedly sharon stone egged that on like told the the young actress like do whatever yes. you can to annoy him because it'll be good for the scene oh that's awesome <laughs> well and he like w- woods is kind of notorious for like trying things out and like improv and just like trying to make it funnier or just better or whatever so i'm sure he was just like eating it up (laughs) i did make a note though that and i know it's partly the world that the movies take place in but that these a lot of at least in these mafia movies scorsese really paints women as emotional manipulative and unstable Mm because karen and goodfellas is much the same like she has these huge freakouts and that are just super over the top. And I don't know it. I don't always like that part of it. I'm like, eh, you know, and maybe there's some basis in truth for what really happened. But a lot of times it's things taking place in sort of private moments that couldn't really, that, that Nick Pileggi writing the book doesn't, couldn't really know about. So uh, I was always of the mind with Karen though was because she started out as a really nice person good person and it's just the pressure of that lifestyle kind of just tipped her over the edge where yeah she just got so wrapped up and involved in it like but they're just these scenes where it's so overwrought in Goodfellas and the way that she just screams her 
I don't know. It's this whole screaming, crying thing. And I don't know. It's just for me, I'm like, eh, really? You know, ugh. I just don't like the portrayal of women in, in these. Hmm. I, so in his I, films. I will say I, I do feel like that is a, a weakness of Scorsese over his uh, filmography is female yeah. characters. Yeah. They are uh, pretty much never the main character or mm-hmm. uh, they're always, you know, trying to stop the male characters or just very one note. Yeah, they're easy obstacles for him. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or like, he's like, all right, how do I cause problems for my main character? Mm-hmm. I know, wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Which is good because it causes a lot of drama. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I, I absolutely love Scorsese, but yeah, there, he's, you know, there are things I don't like within his filmography, so yeah. It worked for me here, though, because she had the drug habit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she was an alcoholic, so it made sense. Yeah, it didn't. Well, she, it didn't come that, out of nowhere. My God, yeah. the things that <laughs> yeah, she did true. to her own child were. Oh, oh, my, oh my God! Yeah. Yes. Oh my God! And the amount, like, I don't know, even up to, because because it's like very very close to the end where where he finds Amy just like tied up with pantyhose or whatever, and and I'm like at that point I'm like I would have been three incidents too far into this relationship <laughs> to let it continue, but even then still he's like he's like oh if you do that again. We're done. Right. You'll never do never do that again. I'm like, you're never gonna let her go. <laughs> Codependency is wow. a hell of a drug. Yep, sure <laughs> is. And I do uh I know I was just looking through my notes. This is a non sequitur. Uh there was a scene uh where Nikki was being bugged everywhere, so uh so they he had to like have his conversations on park benches and things oh, yeah. for a while. And I just want to point out that the music in the background was Sammy Davis Jr. singing EO11. And that delighted me because that's a little nod to uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven, the original. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it just made me the, happy. But. The music was interesting in this because it's um it's entirely soundtrack There's yeah no well that was what i was like i usually write down like before i start the movie i'll write down the director writer whatever anybody interesting on it you know and i went to see who did the music and i'm like there's no credit for like the composer <laughs> and then <laughs> when the movie started i'm like wait there was still no credit for the composer and then i There's realized no at compo- the end yeah oh it's all pre-recorded stuff yeah it's all well, songs the, the the thing that i thought was interesting and in, in, in this one is that like there's a couple movies that don't have a composer and they just use soundtrack yeah. and, and that's fine because it, it works. Um, but in this one, it's almost wall to wall music. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I don't even, th- I, I could not remember a moment of silence. And if it is, it must be at like the very yeah. end. But then what I also, cause at, well, at that point I just started to notice it. I'm like, okay, these songs, these songs. And he would use different songs and different bands kind of as representatives of different characters. Hmm. Um, so when Pesci opened up his, his like, uh, whatever gold shop out in the desert after he got banned from casinos, uh, they started playing, um, Rolling Stones. And I think it was, it was either Gimme Shelter or, um, No Satisfaction at that point. And after that, anytime Nikki's, uh, Nikki would, would, would do things and as he progressively became more and more not unhinged, but just did more of the things he was used to doing. <laughs> it was always a Rolling Stones song. Um, and then when it was, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know if Sharon Stone had a, had a theme, but there's a really prominent placement of da, 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 
is it Devo? Devo's yeah. cover of No Satisfaction. Yeah, well, I was just going to bring up. The, I was going to bring up that Devo comes up a couple mm-hmm. of times because they also play Whip It in one of the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I find it interesting that it's like a Devo cover of a Rolling Stones song. Yeah, as De Niro is kind of dealing with the fallout of what Pesci's doing. So yeah. it's not. There's no themes in the traditional sense, but there's still definitely like thematic through lines. And he used the same songs in certain spots to kind of represent certain things, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I think we were like 45 minutes in and I looked at Elisa and I'm like, has there been one moment they haven't had music playing over the scene? Mm-mm. And then we both started it noticing it. But <laughs> I, I think total, I, I would put money on like half an hour at best out of this three hour movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't have some sort of music over it. Yeah, maybe. That's maybe. Kind of a, that. that's kind, I mean, it's kind of a Vegas thing, though, is there's always noise. You know, yeah, like true. always something in the background. Yeah, yeah, there's always music. There's always casino sounds. There's always like you can't, you can't stop and think in Vegas, and which is on purpose, right? Because if you stop and think, you're mm-hmm. going to stop gambling. So because you're going <laughs> to yeah. go, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> well, also, th- I mean, the whole movie was narration. Of yeah. course, I mean, whatever. Ninety percent of the movie was narration, and but the way that the way that it started. I was, again, expecting more of a Goodfellas thing where it's like, all right, this is me. I do blah, 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 here and blah, 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 with blah, blah, blah. And I kept waiting for the narration to, like, stop and then have, like, (laughs) here's the movie. And it just kept... And now we're going to talk about this guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like 25 minutes of just talking. Like, I am a sucker for good narration, but jeez. It's kind of... The whole movie is kind of like Scorsese being as Scorsese as he can be. Yeah. And then and yeah. having watched that endlessly repeating video at work of all the different uh like editing things that they do, I was like, oh, there's flashbulb cuts. Oh, there's more switch pans. Uh yes. oh, there's the and and we do show another scene from it when when Nikki's coming out of the gold rush shop and the guys are across the street watching him and there's like an iris effect when he comes out it's like yeah closed in on him and then the iris spreads out we we do that too for iris in and out and you know uh slow-mo and it's got like every single thing which i mean all those movies have everything but this one is really really heavy on it all on the style uh you've got the music amped up to a million and you know the characters amped up i think and yeah everything is like ultimate scorsese stuff you know and add to that speaking of amping things up the cameos in this movie yeah i forgot don rickles was in it i forgot kevin pollack was in it and then elisa's like is that dick smothers that's dick smothers (laughs) yes it is yes i've always loved that dick smothers is in a very serious role like Uh you know He's and not Steven, like, all the all the com- comedic people are very serious in this yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> they got Steve Allen and Jane Meadows. I'm like, oh my god, this yes, really felt we... like a flashback, like you were watching maybe you know newsreels or something of the Frankie time. Frankie Valley and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry Colonna is that the singer's name? Anyway, I don't know why I thought that's it, but uh, Frankie Avalon. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. who. That's who I meant, Frankie Avalon, mm-hmm. as himself. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve Allen and and yeah, Edie Gourmet Jane as Meadows. well, right? Yeah. Jane yeah. Meadows. Sorry. Yes. And as a huge horror nerd, I love uh, Joe Bob Briggs. He's credited as John Bloom, 
on IMDb, but he was the guy that kept getting the slots wrong and kept getting yelled at and finally oh, got fired yes. for the yes. brother-in-law to come in and be like, let me tell you how we do things here, <laughs> which is one of my favorite like, scenes. Oh, he's an idiot, but you got to give him a job. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, you don't understand. We're corrupt here. <laughs> <laughs> I did love, though, speaking of that, how... They knew, the mafia knew, that all the people involved in their skimming were also skimming little bits here or there, but they weren't getting too greedy. But if you weren't part of their operation and you tried to steal from them, then you got the hammer literally and figuratively brought Uh. down on you. I love that scene when they catch the two guys cheating, playing cards. (laughs) With his feet up on the table. No, before that, the the, the guy that had the little uh, thing on his leg that would transmit. Oh, yeah. And they ended up bashing his hand with a hammer in the back room. And apparently, I I did read an interview with the actual guy, uh, Frank Rosenthal, that this was based off of. And he said that they 100% did take that guy to the back room and beat him with a hammer. But it was a rubber mallet because that doesn't break the skin, but it'll still break the bones. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, man, that's just that's even more gnarly. But I remember there's only a few things I remember hardcore about this movie from the first time I watched it. That hammer scene was one. And then Mm -hmm. Nikki's fate with the baseball bats in the cornfield was the other. That's one of the hardest scenes, even back when I was like younger and had more piss and vinegar in me i was like oh i can't take this because i can watch horror stuff all day long if you give me anything that looks like it's a surgical thing or something that really could happen to someone like that i just oh it gives me knots inside and just the blood on his face at the end there i'm like oh squeamish. i am i'm a baby Nikki took that guy and yeah. put his head in a vice. Yeah, that's oh, what that I was, was just gonna bring up. I he's was like, like you, he's I, like, you made me pop out your eye. He's like, you John B. And for I this guy, they're gonna kill him anyway. I couldn't remember like how far that was gonna go, so I was like try- starting to like turn away. Like, you're not gonna, please don't. I don't, don't go all the way with this. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, another thing that they claim <laughs> in interviews truly did happen. Oh. <laughs> yeah it's fun to watch goodfellas and be like yeah man mafia's pretty cool actually like yeah and then you watch this and you're like eh, no 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 <laughs> it's no i don't want to be part of that for sure <laughs> we'll be right back with more it's on my list hey folks this is joe myers when i'm not waxing poetic about classic and cult films that i should have watched ages ago you can hear me talk all things horror on the podcast macabre with my fellow co-hosts chris duck and jenny duquette join us each week for horror related news movie and show reviews film franchise focuses director and actor spotlights and much more podcast macabre is available via our website our Libsyn hosting site, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify with new episodes available every Monday. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com and follow our social media accounts on Facebook and under at podcastmacabre on Twitter and Instagram. So, right, friends, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in it. Hey, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, like Bits from the Cutting Room Floor, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash it's on my list pod. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Cheryl. You've heard me on It's On My List, but have you heard me on my long-running show, Movies Made Me? Every two weeks, I sit down with a guest who shares the five movies that made them who they are. We also go beyond movies to talk about three other things that influence them to be them. You'll hear from everyone from a coffee shop waitress to Clancy Brown as we delve into the movies that shaped our philosophies, careers, and lives. Hear it on mmmpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. But it is funny, though, because they do kind of work like corporate America. As long as they're getting the money, they don't really care what happens. So as long as they kept getting those fat things of cash brought back to them by Frank, they were good. They didn't start questioning right. anything until the stacks got smaller and smaller and smaller. Like, hey, how's, uh, how's it going over there? Uh, yeah, we're hearing some things about uh, about Mickey and uh, and Ginger. Is this true? Like, that's not good. We don't need this. <laughs> well, and, and I thought it was interesting, like, just for me personally, being a fan of the Fargo TV series, uh, having the big bosses be in Kansas City, which is where they were based in Fargo season four. And that takes place in Kansas City. And... Uh, it, and it reminds it you saying that that it's kind of corporate reminds me of that because that's a running thing in what seasons four and two of Fargo yeah. where it is corporate like you see the mafia becoming corporate and that there's not this hand to hand kind of thing anymore it's they're taking over you know corporate America and it's becoming desk jobs and things. And so, I don't know, that's an interesting connection, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, at, at the end, it is Sam that is the only one that makes it out. And it's because he was good with the numbers. Right. He was really good with sports betting. He kept his nose clean for the most part. So he didn't get off. He got saved and sent somewhere else. Yeah, he was able to go back to just being a a. A sports booker, yeah, better. Uh, he, he had a, um, there's there's a line that he says where he says something like, this is early in the movie, but he says like, Las Vegas washes away sin. It's like a morality car wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, you can kind of, it's, it's because it's what's happening to each of these characters. They, they're kind of allowed to, to, uh, to have their horrible past, but, but flourish as long as they play the game and, and keep to their system. You know. Yes. Speaking and who was of- the guy who had the uh, the was keeping like detailed books that they they book? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, they wrote it at the grocery store. Toscano, oh, Kansas. Oh, yeah, Toscano. <laughs> what is this Wait, for your I, Texas? Am <laughs> I wrong or is that Martin Scorsese's mom in this? Yes, one? it is. She as was well she fantastic. She's in it. She's in all of it. She was in all. I was gonna say, and his dad. And and it's great because in the in the narration, they're like, oh, they they even made some poor guy's mom cook for all of them. I'm like, that's Marty's. Well, and his his, (laughs) I think it was his dad in that first scene where where the cooking was going on. Oh wow! You just see him briefly, but but his parents until each of them passed away, his parents were in all of his movies. Yeah. So, you know. And I didn't catch it, but his mom in this one, that scene in the grocery store where she keeps getting mad 
because the yes. guy keeps cussing. <laughs> I didn't pick up on the fact that she's counting the skimmed money and she mm-hmm. herself, I guess, tucks some away in her pocket as she's counting it. <laughs> I didn't even see her do that. I read it's that hilarious. after my rental expired. And I'm like, man, oh. I wish I could have gone back to watch that scene to see what I missed. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> I do like the last line that uh, Sam Ace says is, and that's that, which is a line that's in Goodfellas when they kill, uh, oh heck, what's Joe Pesci's name in Goodfellas? I can't think of it. Anyway, when they kill his know. character, and that's what they say, and that's that. But you know, just excited me. And also, <laughs> also when it when you everything has fallen apart, and then. You know, you see, we, we kind of cut to the new Vegas and you see the old, it's not there anymore, but the old lion head that was outside of the MGM Grand. The, the mm-hmm. MGM Grand is still there, but that lion head went away fairly quickly. Uh, and he says, today it looks like Disneyland, you know, because they're <laughs> catering to families and old people and stuff. And yeah, and it shows the, it's so many things that aren't there anymore. It shows the pirate battle out in front of uh Treasure Island, which was the Pirates versus Royal Navy. Now it's, or at least last thing I knew, it was Pirates versus Sirens, and it's terrible. Uh, And then uh, I liked the Royal Navy one. Uh, And they ended it right before Pirates of the Caribbean came out, so bad timing. Uh, It shows, like, the wizards up on top of Excalibur who aren't there anymore. Like, all that's kind of gone from Excalibur. And uh, the volcano at the Mirage, that's still there. It shows Luxor, you know, and says it's all funded by junk bonds now. And yeah, it's a very different place. You from I'm an Annalisa, you know, it's very different now from what it was like. Oh, yeah. When I used to go with my parents in the 70s. Right. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. it was still kind of dirty. I mean, it's still dirty, but it was dirtier back then. Yeah, it was was kind of (laughs) scuzzy. Now you want to now if you want a hint of that, you have to go downtown. But even downtown is all Fremont Street. Yeah. Yeah. Even that's being all redone these days. So. Mm Yeah, they've got zip With lines. Zip and lines, all kinds yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah Street is wild. Yes, it yeah. is. That big canopy over the top that shows like kiss and stuff over it and with music and everything. Oh, so yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, Everyone I like it. Looks but up it's weird. at the video screens. Yes. Mm-hmm. While people are so probably weird. stealing their wallets and stuff. Yeah. Was yeah, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> I've had, a, I had a, I had a weird experience on Fremont Street, but uh, I didn't. No, no, it was creep. It was creepy. I'll tell you that it was freaking creepy, and I was like, "Damn it, downtown!" <laughs> now I'm just even more bummed. I'm not going to be there at the end of February. Oh, <laughs> it'll it'll still be standing. Yeah, Vegas is <laughs> Vegas going to stick around a while yet. Uh, yeah, I used to go every year for my birthday. From like, oh yeah, yeah, I did for a while too. Uh. How many years was that? It was a couple of years. And uh, the first time I couldn't do it was because of uh, COVID. Oh, oh wow. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I can save up and do the do. And no, it's been. It's just like, <laughs> and there's just, always next year. Yeah, yeah. There's always next year. <laughs> again and again and again. Right. Uh, <laughs> we used to go out when I was younger before I could gamble. I went with my parents for my birthday for a number of years while I was in college, I think. But they would let me pick which shows we'd go see for my birthday. So I got to see like uh, George Carlin and uh, George Burns 
Uh, Gallagher. I enjoyed Gallagher. We all ah, really enjoyed Gallagher. I would love to see all of those people. <laughs> yeah, we went to some really great shows out there. Yeah, your cool. parents sound better than mine. They took me there yeah. and, and the family for my 21st. And we saw, um, I believe it was called the Motown Review. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did manage to get um, get in to see the uh, the the Las Vegas version of Phantom that they have. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. But they did not choose that. I chose that to go with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. My parents got to go see Tom Jones, and my mom forever, forever. And probably until the day she passed away, kept a postcard picture of him in her, you know, lingerie Aww. drawer. Yes. And I, and I always yes. remember seeing it. Oh yeah. Like that manifest my, Tom's mm-hmm, energy. My parents, I never got to see him, but my parents said the very best show they ever saw anywhere was in Vegas was Sammy Davis Jr. They said oh, he just oh, put nice. on a fantastic show. Oh my God. I bet. Yeah, which is cool to see Rickles in this too, because you yes. know he was oh, yeah. performing back then, and he yes. was, yes. was around yeah. and knew a lot of those, those things guys. that was happening. And he, yeah, he just emulated as you know one of the guys. I'm. Oh, can yeah. I say? I mean, I feel like I was a little bit uh, almost disappointed by some of these minor roles that didn't get to do a lot. Like I would have loved to see. Yeah, because there's so much in the background. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see Don Rickles have a moment at least in yeah. this yeah. film. And to yeah. me, he doesn't really have a moment. Kevin Pollock isn't as a kind of interesting character, but he does. I mean, his moment kind of comes and goes. It's really yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of people in this movie, but it's really focused on our three main characters. Of course, yeah, yeah. And I do want to say, like De Niro, Goodfellas, and this, he's like. 50 ish you know a little before a little after 50 and it is prime De Niro I mean for me this is like this is those two movies are just ultimate De Niro uh yeah I like him I I thought it was really funny when uh his character Ace gets a tv show (laughs) yes (laughs) a little talk show that he does and I was like wow I'm I and I was like I'm it's like a, a little king of comedy retread, but also, yeah. also now that yes. the Joker has come out, it's kind of like a weird, it's all connected to like to different movies. It's a, yes. It's, yes. It's, yes. a weird Russian doll. I yeah. took it as, you know, as they're going to stop him from doing his job, you know, they kind of pulled him back, yeah. you know, and it was almost the sense of, well, I'm just going to have my own podcast now and expose all these people and talk about whatever I want. <laughs> Which is kind of what it was. It was like this little yeah. local Vegas thing right out of the casino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, turned absolutely. into one of my favorite bits of this movie because the interview I read with Frank Rosenthal, he actually did get his own show like that. Yeah. And instead of it being like a screw you to the commission, in real life it was – he started getting horrible press about being a mobster guy or a mob affiliated. So they put him on camera to make people like him. So he really did have (laughs) a show. And the only thing that he hates about this movie is the scene where they show him juggling for whatever reason. He's like, I never juggled. That made me look like a fool. And it stuck in his crawl. Like he brought it up That's three so times in the interview that I it read. It takes talent to juggle. I'm just and saying in, you can't. You know. In the movie, that's even the what happens in the movie. The person yes. who's, who's watching yeah. it, and they're like, I think don't Pesci. juggle. He's like, don't juggle. Oh, come on. 
I cracked that radio that, but yeah, it was so I funny. I say, you can find the Frank Rosenthal show on YouTube. I just looked it up. It is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There are some episodes We'll stop the podcast. There. I'm going to go watch now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to see some of that. But I did love that Sam's nickname was Ace, and they called this show Ace is High. Like, that was just, yeah. that's perfect. Oh. That's absolutely perfect. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think Rickles was on Frank's show in real life, which is oh, funny really? that he was in. That would make sense. In this movie. Can I, um, can we all go into Andrew's astrology corner? Oh, let's. <laughs> this is new. What? Um, Ginger at one point says that, um, what is it? Oh, Ace yeah. is a triple Gemini. Yeah. Which oh, is referring yeah. to his sun, his moon, and his rising, um, which what? is determined by, we all, sun is what we, we typically talk about mm-hmm. um, with the day. Um, but the 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 hour of birth and the minute of birth determine the other two. Oh, hmm. now okay. uh, Gemini. <laughs> now I want to know mine. Are very uh, tricky people. I'm a Leo sun, a Virgo moon, and a um, oh my god, why am I? I Capricorn never knew this about rising. you, Andrew. Didn't so, <laughs> all this stuff. It just so stuck out to me that that she said, "Oh, he's a triple Gemini," and just watching the movie, I don't believe it. There's no way this guy. Like, I was just like really taken aback by that. Wait, wait, wait! You mean astrology isn't always correct? <laughs> no, he means no, the, the, script the script is not is correct. About about oh, it's the, the script was wrong. Ah. It sounds saying that someone is a triple Gemini is like, oh wow, like that is kind of a big like warning sign. It's so rare, <laughs> interesting. Uh, hmm. But it's I just don't I don't see that for for Ace, you know. <laughs> So it just, it was very like, I was very taken aback by, by such a statement, I'll say. I am currently removing two stars from my review. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since it was astrology based, I only removed one star. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I remember that moment and I'm like, I don't know what a triple Gemini means. What's what's talking about? I am a Gemini and I have no idea what she's talking about. Well, I'm looking (laughs) up my... I'm looking up all my signs right now, so I don't think I know what time I was born. I don't either. Oh, I know it was a Thursday. Everyone text you. Oh, mine was a Thursday <laughs> oh too. God. I never could get the hang of Thursdays, but yes, mine okay. was a Thursday. I've got a birth certificate. I'm a Friday somewhere. baby. Uh, I think I was I born, and they said, "Let's have the weekend." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't Party's remember here. if it was five in the morning or eight. I think it was five in the morning because I always say it's the. I always say it's I don't the remember. earliest. No, yeah, well, I don't. Remember. I don't say. I always say it's the earliest I ever got up. So, ah, there you go. That's good. That's very funny. <laughs> I use, I'll say, um, I use the app CoStar. Uh, that's, oh I just my put my God. details there's into there. There's, yeah, there's astrology apps. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now. It'll tell now. you everything. You, I mean, it'll tell you all your houses, you know, but you don't, you don't, most houses? people don't need to know. I'm so what confused. Your I'm a Ravenclaw. Just... I'm, I'm at one, <laughs> I'm at one that's Ravenclaw. Uh, astralzen.com. Ravenclaw. Oh, I am Cancer. Can, I am Sun Cancer, Rising Cancer, Moon Libra. I don't know what that's that means. <laughs> I don't understand Exciting. any of it. I, t- I can't say that I'm an expert, but I just I like reading about astrology because it's funny to me. I don't know. It's like a, yeah, I always it's, like it's to read fun. my horoscope and I keep my annual birthday horoscope just because, yeah, okay. I find it fun. Nice... I, I put no stock in it whatsoever. And I have a number of the annual ones that I've kept. And I like to look back and go wrong, 
wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one was a little well, bit, Well, the thing is, um, <laughs> if you horoscopes sometimes play more off of your rising sign, but you okay. said that you're you're the same rising yes. and sign. So that's interesting. So I pulled this up and it just started playing the theme from The Exorcist. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, for one, am glad you brought it up because I only watched it that one time back when it first came out. I probably wouldn't have watched it again. I'm not the hugest fan of the Irishman, so I, I was good with uh, Scorsese Mafia films, but I, I was super happy with watching this again. I really enjoyed it. I, I really I like the uh, nostalgia. Um, even seeing the old uh, glass pool in the swimming pool that yeah. you would that's that old stuff was really cool to see and and uh, yeah I, I enjoyed the movie um, and I think I think everyone should watch it just for that little slice of a time you know 70s 80s was pretty cool yeah I, I always get it I mean it's part of the reason why I love the original Ocean's 11 is because you get that look at that's Vegas before I ever even saw it you know and and in this one, it's, yeah, it's Vegas, I knew. And, yeah, I I always kind of had a slightly poor opinion of this movie. Like, I didn't hate it, but I just thought, oh, it's not as good as Goodfellas, like I said at the beginning. But it really is a good movie. It's just, I think it's a little bit of a rougher watch just because it's a little bit of a rougher story, you know? I have to, Cheryl, I have to agree. As someone Ooh. who had not seen this movie and it was almost not that it was built up, but it was something where I was like, well, I'm, you know, when I watch it, it's, you know, it's like, Oh, the, for all these years, I haven't seen it, but still it was like, Oh, this is, there are other things about it that didn't quite click with me or I didn't, you know, uh, I, I wasn't fully flowing with the, the way the story was being told. Uh, I, I enjoyed parts of it, but at three hours long, it definitely could have, both been shorter and had less narration. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's a great movie. And kind of whenever I had heard about it or heard people reference it, it was always, oh, and another Scorsese movie, this. Um, but it was never talked about in like the reverence that uh, uh, what Casino and, and Raging Bull. Or, yeah, excuse me. Goodfellas, like, Goodfellas <laughs> and Raging Bull. Yeah. We're spoken, and so when I saw it, I was I, uh, yeah, I have the same opinion of it. Like it's it's a very well done movie. It just suffers in comparison, inevitable comparison to Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, go watch it. And that's that. <laughs> oh no, which one of us is gonna die now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's at the door. Let me go get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty positive. I'm sitting on my uh, desk chair with a metal plate for no reason. I was about to say, yeah, I'm pretty positive. I, I do not have a metal plate underneath my chair at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure I don't either. I looked up why that was, and they put them in those cars because there was a balancing uh, deficit in them, so they need, they oh. just installed this oh. metal plate to equalize like the balance. It's the too late in the process. Just slap this on there, and then yeah. all the mobsters are like, "Give Crazy. me that." Yes, <laughs> I never even considered whether that was a true thing or not. Like, I mean, yep. yeah, whatever. <laughs> so funny. It, it most definitely happened, and he lived huh. through it. And he, uh, so the the real guy Frank, he actually ended up in Florida, and was one of the people they tapped when online gambling got really huge he helped set all of that up oh, so wow. he still had his hand in all of that 
even though he you know was he actually was the one that got his name in the black book in Vegas uh, in real life. Oh. So he that's how he got uh, railroaded out of Vegas is that he just was banned from everything. I found that super interesting. I actually want to get this book and read it. I'm, I'm yeah. very curious about it. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see the real story. The real casino. Yeah, I don't want adapted from a true story. I want the true story. But Nicholas apparently interviewed like a hundred and something people that knew all these people were involved in it and everything else. So I I really do want to read this book. I need to start reading more nonfiction. Even if it's based on movies or movies are based off of it, I should say. Still counts. It does indeed. Although I do find it funny that I view my world through movies anyway. So I've only been to Vegas one time and it was for work a couple of years ago. So I only know it as Disney-fied, but I love watching old movies like this when it's, you know, mob ran or whatever. Same way that I love watching old 70s and 80s movies set in New York City, because mm-hmm. the first time I went to Times Square, it had been Disney-fied as well. Yeah. So I like seeing the the gritty old school stuff when I can in movies. My name's Elisa Gonzalez, uh, definitely a double Gemini at most. I wouldn't go triple. Um, and I could be found on Twitter at this Alisa. I'm Andrew Lindy, and I do other podcasts such as Nothing New, a remake podcast where every month my co-host and I talk about film remakes. Uh, check that out at benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, and also the 10 in 10 in 10, an experiment in podcasting uh, where it's a it's just 10 episodes and uh, i think by the time you're listening to this they'll all be out so go find them also part of the benview network uh, it's about david wayne's 2007 film the 10 and i think you can figure it out from there and uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at podcaster andrew i'm bethany brinton i'm a musician and composer you can find me on all the social things at bethany brinton and we are it's on my list podcast and you can find us everywhere at it's on my list pod including it's on my list pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email i am cheryl jones you can find me across social media at speedway cj you can listen to five years of movies made me uh everywhere you listen to podcasts and come visit me at the academy museum of motion pictures in los angeles and i'm joe myers you can find me on twitter and instagram at that joe myers I also co-host a horror podcast called The Podcast Macabre. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com and find all our social media presence from there. And this has been It's On My List. <laughs>